Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I am so glad you are here. And if you are here for the second time, first of all, before we dive in, I owe you an apology. In some fashion, God only knows, I haven't figured out all this tech stuff yet, the audio file that I originally uploaded for this episode was really jacked up. And I do make a habit of listening before I release, and it sounded good on my end, but it didn't sound good when it went live, so I sincerely apologize if you attempted to listen the first time around and it was wacky. That's on me, and here we are, kind of on the fly. This is the day that this will go up. It is currently early in the morning, and I am attempting to get this right and get the episode back up for you guys. So uh, again, I really sincerely apologize, and we will try this again, starting now. So in today's episode, what I really want to do is talk about some of the ways that we are inhibiting our fat loss and oftentimes not even knowing it. In fact, it's a little bit more than that. It's we're inhibiting our fat loss by doing things that we think will lead to fat loss. And this is kind of related to stress, but not in the way that we typically think about stress. Now, when we think about stress, we tend to think about mental and emotional stress, being stressed out, being anxious, being overwhelmed. That's pretty easy to identify. But the problems that hold us back in terms of fat loss and weight loss with stress oftentimes do not have anything to do with that mental emotional stress. So we might think, nah, I'm good there and I'm doing everything else right. What is the problem? Why am I not seeing results? And I'm going to be talking about three things that are causing a stress response within your body and you might not even realize it. And these things causing this stress response, whether or not you realize it, can absolutely positively inhibit your body from being able to burn fat. And these things, and I'm gonna go into the three things in detail, and then I'm gonna talk about six strategies to allow you to minimize the impact or change it completely and get your body back into fat burning mode. So these three things that are causing a physiological stress response within our body that we think we're doing to lose weight but are actually holding us back, those three things are going to be lack of sleep, dieting, and working out. And those are, you know, the dieting and working out, we're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't because isn't that what I need to do to see results? And the reality is, Yes and no, kind of, you have to do it the right way. And many of us feel like we're doing it the right way and we're frustrated that we're not getting results, but we're not doing it the right way. And these three things, this lack of sleep, dieting, and exercise can inhibit fat loss by impacting our hormones, 
by impacting our food choices and increasing cravings and increasing hunger and decreasing satiety and willpower. They can have a compounded effect on our sleep and our energy levels and our physical performance, our immune system, our ability to recover. No bueno. Let's start with sleep, okay? Just one night, one night of sleep deprivation decreases your sensitivity to insulin. Just one night. And a few nights, consecutive nights of moderate sleep deprivation, and we talk about moderate, we're talking about getting maybe five to six hours of sleep instead of, say, seven to nine hours of sleep. Just a few nights of moderate sleep deprivation can make you about as insulin resistant as a type 2 diabetic. We are talking about a 30% change in your body's sensitivity to insulin just after a few nights of moderate sleep deprivation. Imagine the impact over your lifetime, or you go a month or two months, or it's been years since you've been getting adequate sleep. You guys need to understand that this is a stressor on your body. It is a physical stressor on your body because when we decrease our sensitivity to insulin with sleep deprivation or, or anything, food choices, whatever, our blood sugar stays elevated for longer. And that creates a stress response in your body. And it elevates cortisol, one of your primary stress hormones. So this isn't just about the mental, emotional impact of stress, right? But this is creating a situation where you have stress hormones surging through your body, your blood sugar is staying elevated longer, and that has a direct impact on fat loss. Because remember that insulin is a storage hormone, okay? And so when our bodies are less responsive to insulin due to sleep deprivation or any factor, but in this case we're talking about sleep deprivation, when that is the case, your blood sugar is going to stay elevated for longer and your body is going to have to secrete more insulin and that insulin is going to take a longer total amount of time to do its job. Well, so what? Well, that means that your body is getting the signal, hey, we're in storage mode, for longer. So you basically have 30% more time in an anabolic state or a buildup storage state when you could be in a catabolic state or a fat burning state. So this has a significant impact on your ability to burn fat. You're basically robbing yourself of the ability to burn fat for as much as 30% of the time because of sleep deprivation. All right. Now, dieting also causes stress. And I'm sure we can all relate to the emotional stress, the, you know, the, the anxiety or the focus or the frustration or all of those things that cause stress with dieting. But I'm talking about something we might not think about as much. And let's first look at what this looks like, and then we'll talk about what is happening physiologically to create this response and what we can do about it. So I was talking to a client the other day who was telling me that she keeps dark chocolate in her desk drawer at work to have that as a healthier alternative instead of going to the vending machine, right? But the problem is, in an attempt to do something that she considers a better option, she's setting herself up for failure because she doesn't just have one square of dark chocolate and then she's good. She like has the whole dark chocolate bar. And so there's this attempt 
to do something right, but it's not working for us. Like, yes, could one square of dark chocolate be a healthier alternative? Absolutely. But it is no longer that healthier alternative when you eat the bar every single day, right? The whole bar of dark chocolate. I see this, uh, I was talking to another client the other day who was saying, but in the mid-afternoon, she gets a little hungry, so she has a protein bar. But the protein bars, she thinks it's a good choice, but they don't really satisfy her hunger, so she often has two or three of them. Well, again, in this case, we see something that we're using as a healthier alternative that we think of as fat loss friendly, but it is not because we are not using it as intended, right? We, we have this goal of I'm going to have a protein bar, I'm going to have a two ounce piece of dark chocolate, and then we end up overdoing it. And it, this is something similar that metabolic effect, who I've mentioned before here on the show, metabolic effect refers to this as the banana effect. So the banana effect is somebody who says, well, I don't eat bananas because they are too high in sugar, but they'll drink a whole bottle of wine later in the week, or they'll eat a whole pint of ice cream later in the week, right? And there's actually a, a physiological thing going on here that explains this, okay? And this is a big part of why I recommend eating foods you love that love you back, right? If dark chocolate you can't stop with, that it doesn't love you back. If protein bars don't satisfy you, then they don't love you back, right? If avoiding the bananas sets you up to binge later because you feel so restricted, then that is not a right strategy for you. But there is something going on here, and research refers to this as cognitive dietary restraint. So stressing so much about food or restriction that you overdo it. And what happens with this cognitive dietary restraint is that it elevates your cortisol levels. This is creating a stress response physiologically in your body beyond you just being anxious about it, right? It makes you more hungry. When we elevate cortisol, we reduce our sensitivity to insulin, we experience more hunger and more cravings. This again, guys, is why we need to prioritize tracking. We need to prioritize tracking so that we know what is working for us. If you are tracking, you will very quickly see that the dark chocolate isn't the right strategy for you or the protein bars aren't the right strategy for you or you're over-restricted and finding yourself overindulging later. So it's interesting. There is a, a study that took two groups of people and they gave them the same amount of calorie intake, right? They were both in a calorie deficit one group was getting eight and a half hours of sleep each night, and the other group was getting only five and a half hours of sleep each night. Now, they were both in a calorie deficit. They had very different reactions. Now, before I tell you the results of the study, let me explain this. We know that if we consume more food, more fuel, more energy than what our body needs for operations, what happens? We have to store it. So we're going to gain weight, either as muscle or as fat, but we are going to gain weight. If you give your body more fuel than it needs, it has to store the excess, period, the end. But the flip side of that is not the same. The flip side is not true. It is not true that if you just eat less than what your body needs, you will burn fat. That is not true. What is true is that your body has choices. Your body has choices. If you consume less fuel than what your body needs for operations, there are four options. Number one is the one we hope for, and that is burning fat. 
right? But that is not, I mean, if all things are equal, you have a 25% chance of that outcome. And I would say it's lower than that because most people diet in stupid ways. The second option is that your body chooses to burn muscle tissue, which we don't want because that's going to lower our overall metabolic rate. And it's going to make our body composition look mm, less than stellar as opposed to fat loss, which really brings our body composition forward in a positive way. Now, this is why we see so much rebound weight gain with dieters because they go about this in a not strategic way. They, they see weight loss on the scale, so they're really happy, but it's muscle mass lost, and so their metabolic rate is lower. And then as soon as the diet's over, they put the weight back on warp speed, and this is why. So the first option is fat loss. The second option your body has in a caloric deficit is muscle loss. The third option is your body sort of going into cruise control. And this is like if you know that your car is about to run out of gas, you're going to put it in neutral, right, to conserve energy. Well, your body has this neutral option as well. It will downshift your metabolism, and it will trigger stress hormones to sound the alarms of hunger and cravings and lower energy to kind of downshift everything. And then the fourth option in a caloric deficit that your body has is a combination of all of the above, a little bit of fat loss, a little bit of muscle loss, and a little bit of downshifting your metabolic rate and triggering a stress response. So what is it that determines which of these four paths the body takes? It is your hormones. So you cannot just say, oh, I'll eat less and move more, because then you have probably a less than 25% chance of getting fat loss. So in this particular study, where both groups were in a slight caloric deficit, everything else was equal. They were eating the same things, the same amount of calories, right? One group was getting eight and a half hours of sleep a night, and the other group was getting five and a half hours of sleep a night. They both lost weight, but here's what's interesting. The group that was getting eight and a half hours of sleep per night 80% of the weight that they lost was fat. 80% of the weight that they lost was fat when they were getting eight and a half hours of sleep. The other group that was sleep deprived, getting only five and a half hours of sleep, only 48% of the weight that they lost was fat. The rest was water and muscle. No bueno. That means short-term gains, right? They'll see a little bit of weight loss, but chances are they're gonna put it back on, and most of us have done that before. All right, so let's talk about exercise and how that can create a stress response, whether we feel it or not. And then we'll talk about the six strategies for eliminating these issues, okay? When it comes to exercise, we tend to think that more is more. And we see this all the time with individuals who feel like they're eating really clean and they're hitting the gym really hard and they're not seeing results. It's the stress. All right, our bodies were designed to move, yes, absolutely, to sort of amble about, right, to escape from danger with short sprints if needed, to certainly to lift things, but not to do this chronic steady state ultra marathon or even regular marathon. Our bodies were not built for that. Now, if you love it, that's one thing, but I'm not going to tell you that it's not creating a stress response in your body. So my friend sent me an article the other day that was in the Wall Street Journal just this past week, and the title of the article was... Cardiac Dangers of Extreme Exercise, and I will link to it in the show notes, but it was referring to a study about extreme volumes of exercise leading to heart and circulatory issues. Well, why would it do that? The freaking physical stress. There is a point of diminishing returns when it comes to stressing your body. You are creating damage and not allowing your body enough time to recover from that, right? It is not uncommon to see individuals who feel like they are doing everything right and are exercising intensely and their body composition is not changing and it is due to 
the stress response of activity. You might see a drop in weight in the short term, but because of the stress response, chances are it's lean mass and that will lower your overall metabolic rate. So that's a short term gain. We want, if you are in this camp, we'll talk, well, let me save that for a few minutes when we talk about changes, but these stressors, whether you experience it as mental, emotional stress, or you don't even feel it at all, they raise your blood sugar. They make it harder for glucose to get uh, into your cells. They make you hungry and make you crave sugar. They reduce your fat burning potential and they make you basically insulin resistant. That is going to have an impact on your focus, your energy, your mood, your sleep, you name it, all of it, all of it, all of it. So let's talk about six changes that you can make today to see an improvement here. And the first one is, please, for the love of Mike, stop over restricting. This has a physical response within your body. Cutting your calories drastically is not the way to experience fat loss. Remember, if you just arbitrarily cut calories, your body has four different choices in terms of what it is going to do to make up for the energy you are not providing via food. This elevates cortisol. It taxes you emotionally. It sets you up for overeating. And the biggest thing here is finding fat loss friendly foods that you love and enjoy. A treat does not have to be some sugar laden fat loss nightmare. How can you really indulge and physically feel great and mentally feel satisfied with foods that aren't contrary to your goals? Start to get curious here. If you are not sure what these foods are for you, that's okay. It just takes a little bit of trying new things. Maybe you commit to trying one new thing every week until you have a good little short list of these foods for you, right? Everybody's foods will be different. Some of the ones that I love, these are things that I consider an indulgence. These are things that keep me from feeling over-restricted from a, from a mindset and emotional standpoint so that I'm not doing the ice cream binge on the weekends or the wine binge on the weekends. Bacon-wrapped avocado or jicama fries or dates stuffed with almond butter. And again, if you aren't sure, try new things. And you really need to be tracking here because if you're thinking, oh, dark chocolate is my thing but you're not realizing that you're eating so much of it or eating it so frequently that it's holding you back from your goals, you can very easily see those things when you start tracking. Number two is to prioritize sleep. And I'm talking to myself here too because it is easy for me to fall into the trap of not getting enough sleep, but because I am tracking, I know when that starts to happen and either I'm gonna make a change or I'm not. But this is important for all of us. And I understand we are all busy, right? If you have so much going on in your life, though, that you feel like there isn't enough time for sleep, then maybe it's time to change some things in your life because it is impacting your health. And, you know, when people say, um, I forget off the top of my head who it is that says it, but he says, you know, if you're the person who says you'll sleep when you're, when you're dead, you'll get there a whole lot faster. If your kids, for example, are involved in so many activities that you cannot get to bed before midnight, Maybe there's a point there of diminishing returns and maybe some things need to change. Or if it's the television that's keeping you up, maybe you need to say, okay, I only watch TV two nights out of the week or three nights out of the week. But guys, this is really significant. This is about your health. It is about your ability to reach your goals. It is about what is happening inside your body, whether you feel it or not. And if you are not prioritizing sleep, it will have downstream effects. It will have downstream effects. So we all have to prioritize sleep. And there's a lot that you can do, and I'm going to link to this in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, but there's a lot that you can do 
to improve the quality of your sleep even without changing the quantity of your sleep. Now, obviously, I want everybody trying to get as much sleep as they can, but like blacking out your room, getting some blackout curtains, covering any sources of light, reducing your exposure to light from electronic devices later in the day, not eating or working out within a couple of hours of bedtime. All of those things are very important. Number three, watch your workouts. If you feel like you are crushing it at the gym and you're eating really perfectly, right, then, and you're not seeing results, then maybe you need to dial back the intensity. Okay, but get really honest first, look at your food. Are there things going on with your food that need to be dialed in or changed or improved? But if not, if you're like, no man, I'm eating cleaner than I've ever eaten and I'm crushing it at the gym, dial back. And this isn't forever. This is just to give your body a break to recover. Take say two to four weeks and focus on restorative activities like leisure walking or yoga or something that really relaxes you, but give your body a break so that it doesn't feel like it is in danger. So many of us will over-exercise to the point that the body's like, something's wrong, something's going on, and it downshifts or it burns your muscle tissue. Just for a couple of weeks, monitor the impact of dialing back your workouts. Number four, I would love to see everybody, including myself, get very intentional about relaxation. And this does not mean 30 minutes of meditation or anything that's, you know, big and time consuming. Honestly, even taking 60 seconds a couple of times a day for five deep, slow breaths makes a major difference. And it's funny, one of my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients texted me the other day. We had been talking about this and kind of slowing down. And she said, literally, this is what she texted, wow. The power of breathing is kind of amazing, which is so funny because it's like, yes, yes, I recommend it with regular frequency, right? And then I, I texted back and I said, because you are present, because you are not running or hiding, you realize when you stop to slow down and breathe that everything is actually okay and there's nothing to run from. And the next morning I texted her and I said, today, do not react to urges in the moment. Just take 60 seconds to breathe. Wait for a minute and it will likely pass. And she said, it's like riding a wave. And it really is because we get kind of worked up. And this is part of the immediacy of our culture that, that I hate and I experience this myself. But we're like, we got to do this and we got to do that. And we got to do this and we got to do that. And we get into this frenzy where if we just took 60 seconds to take five to 10 slow, deep, controlled breaths, we realize like, it's really okay. Everything is really okay. And it doesn't have to be this big thing with tons of time and tons of effort and scheduling out relaxation and building a little shrine in your home. Like, no, 60 seconds of very intentional breathing. The fifth thing, and please, I hope that you'll pay attention to this one because I don't want anybody to overlook this. Simplify your life. Are you on committees that aren't really adding value to your life? Maybe it's time to let it go. Sometimes, though, we simplify through elimination, like identify something that we're doing regularly that doesn't add to our lives. But other times, we can really simplify through organizing. Because many times, disorganization, and not because we're a slob, but because we've just been too busy doing other things to prioritize organizing and streamlining. So the things that we do take us two times as long with two times as much stress because we're disorganized. And this could be disorganization of our desk. It could be disorganization of our kitchen or our laundry room or our car or our files or you name it. But maybe you can pick one thing this week to organize. 
And we all know, especially women, like when you take the time to do this, whether it's your closet or your laundry room or your car or your files or your email inbox or whatever, it just reduces stress. And so many times we're so caught up in the go, 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 go that we create excess stress and we make things take longer and be more difficult because we are not organized. So simplification can come through elimination or organization or both, and I really challenge you to look at how you can do that. And then number six is a nutritional change that you can make to not only see more fat loss and less hunger and uh, fewer cravings, but also to reduce the physical stress response in your body that is impairing fat loss. And these are some specific carbohydrate strategies that are going to create these outcomes for you. Specific carbohydrate strategies that are going to increase your energy, are going to decrease your hunger and decrease your cravings. And I'm going to be, this is like a whole hour long topic in and of itself. And I am going to be doing a free webinar next week going through these specific carbohydrate strategies and how you can improve your carbohydrate tolerance right? So that you can be more responsive to insulin. So you can have more time in fat burning mode and less time in fat storage mode. Now, if you are in the United States, and this does not apply if you are in Canada or anywhere else in the world, if you are in the United States and you want to attend this free webinar, text the word no stress, N-O-S-T-R-E-S-S, -S, right? No stress, one word, no space, to the number 44222 and you will be registered for that webinar. So if you wanna to go to the free webinar and learn about these carbohydrate strategies, I want you to text the word no stress, no stress with no space in there, to the number 44222 and you will be registered. If you are not in the United States and you want to attend this webinar, just email me. Email me and I'll send you the link to get registered. Um, but I really think that those strategies make a big difference and in fact, it's a good, uh, a good little segue here. I got an email from a woman, and I can't pull it up right this second because of the audio issues, um, but I got an email from a woman who said, I am proof that your carb strategies work. I am very sensitive to carbohydrates, but implementing your strategies, the fat is falling off, and I am less hungry and have more energy than I ever have. So these strategies absolutely work. They've worked for me. They work for my clients. Uh, they've worked for this individual who emailed me yesterday, and I think they're really powerful. So I would love to see you on that webinar. And I'll be honest, I love doing live webinars more than I love doing the podcast because you guys are there with me, and you can ask questions, and we can interact, and I can make sure that you're leaving with a full understanding and everything you need. So just text the word no stress with no space, N-O-S-T-R-E-S-S -S, to the number 44222 and get registered. But before we wrap up, I'm a little bit concerned that you're going to hear this stuff and you're going to nod and agree and be like, oh yeah, good job. But then you're going to go about your day and you're not going to implement any of these strategies. So I would love for you to agree with me and commit to me that you will, at some point today, take 60 seconds, just 60 seconds, set the timer on your phone or on your stove or wherever, and I want you to do 60 seconds of deep, intentional, slow breathing, right? You will not know the calming benefits of this until you do it. And you know what? Screw it. We're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right this minute. If you're driving, pause this and come back and do it later. If you are not, I would like you to sit up, sit up straight, put your feet flat on the floor, shoulders back, chest up, and just for one minute, and then we'll move on, just for one minute, I want you to take slow, deep, intentional breaths. Breathe in through your nose. You can have your mouth open at the same time. Feel your lungs expanding. Be breathe it deep into your belly. 
deep into your belly, hold it there for a second, and then exhale. And as you exhale, I want you to imagine all the tightness in your neck and your shoulders just releasing. So again, another big, slow inhale. Feel the air as it passes through your nose. Feel it traveling through you. Feel it as it expands your lungs. Feel it as it expands your belly. And then again, with a slow exhale, I want you to feel the tension just resolving itself in your neck and in your shoulders. One more. Big deep breath in. Feel it moving. And then exhale. And if you do that a few times a day for just 60 seconds, you will be amazed at how much it changes your perspective, how much it moves you from being reactive to really in the moment and less reactive and more strategic. All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Uh, I had coffee in the morning, black. I worked out in the mid-morning and didn't eat until afterwards. I wasn't hungry, so that was okay for me yesterday. I had a big bag of shredded Brussels sprouts with one slice of bacon. Uh, and if you're worried about bacon, I did a whole episode on that the other day two eggs, and I had a Japanese sweet potato because this was after an intense workout, and I really wanted to make sure that I took advantage of that post-workout window for my carbs with an intense workout. I don't usually do that if it's a not-so-intense workout. Later in the day, I had a couple of chicken thighs with some broccoli and cauliflower, and then totally random dinner because I didn't want to take any time to do anything. I had some leftover pork tenderloin and a handful of almonds. Totally random. Totally random. A word about my workouts. I know I had asked you guys if you wanted to see my workouts. I have decided to put my workouts in the weekly emails. Uh, so that you can see every single day as opposed to just seeing three days a week. So those will be in the weekly emails that go to the Primal Potential VIP email list. Thanks for your patience with today's episode, guys. I know the audio file originally got screwed up, but uh, I'll see you in a couple of days. Take care.